Um, guys, um, Sunday morning, uh, I read from a little pamphlet or a um, little brochure that had been stuck in my hand uh, on the, the beach in Tel Aviv. And it's interesting, um, I don't know that anybody heard anything else I said, they, they, but they really wanted a copy of this thing, so I've got you one. Um, uh, I've made several copies, so if you were one of those, uh, the copies are up here. Um, guys, um, before I get going here, um, I do want to acknowledge this. I know that you come out on Wednesday nights to hear the Bible taught, not to hear me... Um, um, regale you uh, with some kind of uh, uh, report from my latest adventure. But this is uh, altogether different, and, and I hope that you will um, uh, tolerate me for a, for a night. Uh, we don't do this very often, but um, my wife just came in and snuck in and uh, brought her Bible, and she said, you know, I brought my Bible. I don't know that I'm going to need it tonight. Are you, are you going to need your Bible tonight? And I said, yes, you're going to need your Bible tonight. So ultimately, we will get to uh, something that, that's drawn from the Scriptures. So what I wanted to do is just uh, let you, give you some kind of um, um, data or input from the, the trip to Israel that was just concluded. Um, for those of you who um, could not be with us, I, I, I um, am sorry it was... Uh, it was it was wonderful time. I've been three times, and um, each one has uh, has special parts about it, and and at some points are better than the other trip, et cetera. But um, uh, there were some good parts to this trip, and 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 I want to show you some of those. Um, so let me start like this. I have three quick little points. The um, uh, it, I had to do. I want to speak to you about the start, the middle, and the end. <laughs> How about that? Um, <laughs> Because it was a bad start, a, a, a great middle, and a spectacular finish. So, but let me, let me tell you a little bit about, uh, first of all, the, the, the bad start, guys. There's, there's just no way to make a, a 12-hour plane trip from Newark, New Jersey, enjoyable. It's just hard, and, um, and uh, uh, people show up there um, in Tel Aviv after 12 hours, and they are, they are, some of them have slept, and some of them have not. And the ones who have not are, are not particularly happy about it. And I, I, I'm right with you. I, uh, I can't sleep on a plane. And it's just, it's just awful. And that's why uh, that's, the, that's, my, that's my last um, trip uh, that far. So um, that was part of the bad start. But let me tell you the other part of the bad start. Um, when, I first, um, when I first announced this trip back in August, the, the response was, was quite um, large. I had only reserved 20, uh, no, 32 seats on uh, the United Airlines from uh, Memphis to Tel Aviv and back. Um, and, but the response was way beyond 32. And so I, it, in, a, in a stroke of just unbelievable selflessness, um, I decided I would give up my two seats so that we could add um, two more people onto the trip, and then I would arrange to get there another way which we did. And then Paris happened. Um, you remember Paris in um, November of the, what happened there. And it was, um, it was so scary uh, that I, I called a meeting in my home and I, I told everyone, um, I know you're frightened by this. I don't blame you. And if you want out, you can get out and we'll give you your money back, which, um, which some people took us up on. And I don't blame them. 
<coughs> pardon me, <clears throat> um, in fact, eight people took us up on that uh, offer. And, uh, but now I'm stuck with the, the other, the other uh, uh, arrangements getting over there. And then we, had, we added two people, so we ended up with a, with a total of 37, which was plenty and, and wonderful. But my point in all that is to say that Susie and I went, uh, uh, Brent led the group over. I went over a day earlier, or maybe, two, well, yeah, not, it was three days earlier. And we went from here to D.C. and D.C. to um, Amsterdam and spent the night in Amsterdam. That night in Amsterdam, uh, you know, all we were trying to do is get a night's sleep before we had to get back on the plane the next day and head to Tel Aviv. And um, so we spent the night in Amsterdam. And uh, in Amsterdam, somewhere, I, I think it was in the hotel room, but I'm not sure of that, and I can't prove that. But in the hotel, I think, I was bitten by something um, uh, underneath my clothes, right at, right at the waistline here. And I got up the next morning, and I showed it to Susie. And it was a whelp about that size, and it had a very defined center to it, a very a red spot in the center. And um, um, we thought nothing about it. It was just whelped up there in a nice little, uh, you know, and it looked like I'd been bitten by something. Got on the plane and headed to Tel Aviv, and on the plane to Tel Aviv, I began to swell. Uh, my upper lip began to swell, and my lower lip followed, soon followed. And so I had some Benadryl, and so we started beating it back with Benadryl, and um, long story short, we checked into a hotel in Tel Aviv, and uh, by 3 a.m. that next morning, I was in trouble. Um, we had all, the, everybody on the trip had downloaded this app called WhatsApp. And if you have WhatsApp, I can not only text you from Israel, I can call you free. It's by, via Wi-Fi. Um, and at 3 a.m. in the morning, um, I am in trouble. Um, I, I've lost my voice. Uh, I am um, I, I'm, I'm swollen pretty badly. The the um, the um, Benadryl is working, but not very well. Uh, Jason, show him the, the, this first uh, shot here. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> and that's after the Benadryl. Um, uh, but I, uh, I called, there is a, there is a, you know, you got to be secure to show a picture like that. <laughs> Jason, would you please take that down now? <laughs> um, but a friend of ours, uh, <laughs> I don't get that. Uh, did he do it again? Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, doc his pay. Um, uh, a friend of ours who goes to this church and would be here tonight, although she's, her birthday's tonight, and so there, she's out celebrating her birthday, Terrenell Beaver, if you know, uh, her, her married name's Tisdale, her professional name is Beaver, she's a physician. She had downloaded WhatsApp so that we could kind of, because they were very eager to go on the trip and just couldn't, and we were going to keep her up, updated. So at 3 a.m. in the morning, uh, I'm in trouble, and, um, but Terrenell has downloaded WhatsApp. So um, I called her at 3 a.m. in the morning. Uh, and got her. And because uh, I was thinking at that point, I was in big trouble. Um, um, and I said, am I in danger? And she said, um, can you breathe? And I said, yeah. And she said, well, I don't think you are. I think, but the first thing tomorrow morning, I want you to get up and uh, get to emergency room. And so that's what I did. 
Got up, got a taxi, went to an emergency room in, in Tel Aviv, the one that the front desk told me to go to, the main hospital in Tel Aviv. And uh, the one day that we had to kind of maybe look around and, and see Tel Aviv before the group got there, I spent seven hours in an emergency room. And then when they saw that, um, uh, they didn't snicker like y'all. <laughs> they were more merciful and, and knew that it was some kind of allergic reaction and raced me right back in. So uh, gave me a steroid shot. But they also took blood, and at that point, if you know anything about, uh, I had never heard of this, um, D-dimer, there is a, there's a, something in your blood that it's a, it's a measurement uh, called the D-dimer, and my D-dimer rate was um, elevated, which means uh, the possibility of pulmonary emboli, <coughs> which means clots in the lung, and uh, they weren't about to let, to let me leave or get back on a plane. So I had to wait around for about three and a half hours just to get a CAT scan, um, so that they could rule out that I had pulmonary emboli. And uh, once that was done, they let me go. And, um, and it was about 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and I met Susie, and we went out and had the greasiest, ugliest hamburger um, <laughs> that you could find. It was kind of a five guys in, in Tel Aviv, but it was just, it was glad. And, 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 you know, the steroid shot had begun to work, and I, I, was, I was better. Um, it, I did not find out what bit me. Um, um, I believe it was some kind of spider in that hotel room, but you can't prove it. And so, um, you know, I, you know, you're kind of lost. Anyway, all of that to say, bad start. Uh, long flight, people really, uh, I'm tired, and I don't blame them. And I just got out of the emergency room um, after seven hours in an emergency room, waiting really basically to get a CAT scan. But then the next day, uh, we eat, we, we do a little bit that night, then uh, the next day. And, and from then on, ladies and gentlemen... Um, there were things that are just really, really sweet. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just going to mention some of the stops. I probably won't get them in order. But I, I, I just want to tell you some of the highlights. And I got a couple of pictures for you, and, and uh, only seven, so it's not a slideshow, I promise. But you go from um, Caesarea, where uh, Paul was imprisoned, um, uh, where uh, Peter uh, travels to Cornelius' house after he had had that vision and about uh, the, the sheep with all the, you know, and goes up there and preaches the gospel to the Gentiles, all in Caesarea. A uh, huge little complex there, a, and, um, a horse racing thing, what do they call it, a hippodrome, a, uh, a theater that is, you know, um, first century, I guess, just really, really impressive. We went from there to Nazareth. Nazareth is a pretty big spot. It's uh, where Mary first found out that she was going to bear the child. Uh, that's where Jesus was raised. Um, spent some time in Nazareth. Went from there to Mount Carmel, where Elijah fought the prophets of Baal, which is um, one of my favorite spots because I get to um, preach about uh, uh, battling um, idolatry. And then, and again, I'm not even sure, I'm, I'm pretty sure, and, 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 and that night we, we spent on the Sea of Galilee in Tiberias. It's a city right there on the Sea of Galilee, and, um, and I think it's this first day that we, um, we went to Cana, and I, it, you know what Cana is, that's where Jesus performed his first miracle, and um, um, uh, he turns water into wine, it's at a wedding ceremony, and so I had offered to everybody, uh, if you want to renew your vows, um, I will, um, we, we can do that at the place where, supposedly, at the place where Jesus turned water. You know, guys, you, you never know exactly if this is the exact spot. You know, there's a couple places where you can pretty much say, yes, this is the exact spot, but not many. Um, this is the place where it is thought 
that, um, that that wedding ceremony was held and Jesus turned water into wine. And so we went in there um, and um, <laughs> really uh, a special memory, guys. Um, there was four couples that wanted to renew their vows. We did that. And then afterwards, um, um, David Hirano had taken his daughter, Brittany. And I don't know whether you know uh, Brittany Hirano. Uh, you know, you really don't need to know David. He's not much to know. But... Um, <laughs> His daughter is really something, um, and she's a little ballerina. And so I had arranged with her uh, prior to all of this, uh, asking if she would do a little bit of ballet at, the, um, at Cana. And so she brought her little, her little outfit. Uh, you know, her little, she's got the ballerina body and the ballerina tutus and everything, you know. And so I said, after we'd, we'd done the ceremonies, I said, um, you know, what you do after a wedding is that you have a, you have a party. And, uh, and by the way, I don't think anybody knew I was doing this. Maybe, they, maybe it, it might have leaked out, but I don't know that anybody knew I was doing this. And I said, we're going to have a party. And we had uh, Brittany in. Uh, Jason, give me the next one. Um, and Brittany, um, this is the little room that you're in. It's a little tiny, um, you know, narrow room. And that's Brittany up there. You know, every piece of charm, every piece of grace that a, a ballerina, at least that I know, um, I mean, she's got it. And she, it was very difficult for her. You can see that she had this narrow little runway here. And so fitting a dance into her space was, um, was rather difficult. But she did. And I'm telling you, uh, captured the heart of 37 people. I, I mean, it was just so sweetly special. And then we left there. Um, at that time, I, uh, I had two crying couples on my hands. Because um, I had asked them if they wanted to do that, not the ballerina, but the, uh, 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 fortunately it was only Brittany, but I had asked uh, couples if they wanted to do that to let me know. Well, only two had let me know. Well, there were two more that wanted to do it, and they didn't let me know, and so they were, they were mad at me. So um, our little tour guide found this wonderful spot where we pulled off the side of the road, and there was this little uh, thingamajiggy there with, with uh, stadium seating and all, overlooking the Sea of Galilee. I mean, right down there is the Sea of Galilee, and we're having two more wedding ceremonies up there, and we're drinking. Um, we're drinking. Um, <clears throat> uh, it was either Pepsi or Coke products. I don't know what it was. But it was, it was, a, it was just this sweet little um, uh, uh, wedding ceremony at Cana and one of my great memories. But then, gang, um, you're, you're, that night you're spending it on the Sea of Galilee. Um, it's kind of breathtaking to, be, uh, to recognize that because so much of Jesus' ministry, as you know, was conducted around that lake. <clears throat> and that lake is bigger than you think, I think. Um, I'm going to show you one quick period, uh, picture, but that's where you go to the Mount of Beatitudes, where Jesus preached the Mount of Beatitudes, um, um, and then I, I think it was that day. Again, I think I'm, I'm sure I've got things out of order, but gang, um, uh, you know there's Caesarea, and then there's Caesarea Philippi. Um, there was a, two different spots. Um, this is a map of Israel. Uh, we're, I'm going to show you one, another one in a minute, but um, uh, let's see. Uh, Tiberius is right over here. Uh, Tel Aviv is right down here somewhere, um, and Caesarea is right over here. But Caesarea Philippi is right up here, like a five iron from Syria. You've heard of Syria? Well, um, but we went up there. That's where, where Jesus says, who do men say that I am? And, um, 
and Peter says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God, right up here, right up here in this. And, and by the way, by the end of the week, we were down here at the bottom of Israel, uh, went from the top to the bottom. Have you ever heard the, the, the statements in the scriptures from Dan to Beersheba? Well, Dan is up here. Beersheba is somewhere around in here. In fact, we were right around Beersheba uh, when the bomb exploded uh, in the bus in Jerusalem. And people were wondering whether that, that happened while we were on a bus, but we were, we were well away from the, from the explosion of the bus. But anyway, um, that Caesarea Philippi was a new one for me. I'd never been up there. Uh, I wasn't all that uh, interested in staying long. Uh, I just wanted to get up there and, you know, uh, pray and go. Um, <laughs> Um, but we, we had a wonderful, I mean, little uh, sweet, there's a place called Tel Dan up there, which is a nature, a natural preserve that's just gorgeous. And there's a, there's a gate up there that's supposed to be 4,000 years old through which they suggest Adam, um, Abraham and Lot walked through uh, up at, in, in Tel Dan. And, and anyway, just a, a, a sweet, beautiful spot. We get through it that day, and we uh, come back to, um, and I forget whether it was that day or the next day, but um, uh, we, we, uh, <laughs> I had insisted on this boat ride on the Sea of Galilee. Uh, I, I, I really should have thought that through a little bit better, uh, because I didn't know that Julius San Roman was going with us, because Julius San Roman is a dancer, much unlike um, uh, uh, Brittany, uh, you know. Uh, Julia San Roman is, a, 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 you know, she does disco on the weekends. <laughs> well, we get on the spot. Show this, this next film up here, uh, the next um, uh, picture. Oh, that's not the good one. Is, is there another one uh, where, of us dancing? Oh, okay. That's the Sea of Galilee out there, and, and somebody had asked me a question or something. about That's the boat that you're on. But I'm t- I thought we had one of uh, dancing. We don't. Um, well, this group... I'm telling you, they were just looking for a place to dance. Uh, the, 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 the operators of the, bu- of the boat, they like to, I mean, they play this music. And they, they want you to get going. Well, I mean, all we needed was Julius and Roman. And, and we were going. And I'm telling you, the whole crowd um, on, this, on this boat is dancing like a bunch of fools. <laughs> I included, um, I, uh, but it was just such, I, we were out there on the Sea of Galilee and, and dancing around on a boat and while you're going, in, it's just, um, it's just a memory. Um, Megiddo, which is, you know, um, in the book of Revelation, it talks about Armageddo or Armageddon, uh, the, the Hebrew or the, the Aramaic term Ar or Har is the term Mount. Uh, the Mount of Megiddo or Armageddon. Uh, we had a nice little conversation there about eschatology. Uh, Capernaum. Capernaum is basically Jesus' adopted hometown where so much of what happens in his ministry happens in and around um, Capernaum. Then we went to the Golan Heights, um, interestingly, which is uh, a huge political football in, in that section of the world. We were there on a day, uh, and then 24 hours later, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, uh, the prime minister of, of Israel, was standing on the same spot. Um, uh, Rick San Roman, I mean, it was in the paper, and um, we had just been at that same spot, I mean, the 24 hours earlier, and they're up there discussing, you know, of course, um, Syria wants the Golan Heights back, 
And Israel refuses to give the Golan Heights to them. But anyway, we were on the Golan Heights. Um, and then we're coming into Jerusalem. Uh, at the, and we're, we're up around the Sea of Galilee for a couple of days. And then it's time to go to Jerusalem. And, and I had arranged this um, because it happened to me the first time. It didn't happen to me the second time, but the first time. Uh, but um, uh, where the, whoever it was had done it. And uh, uh, it was cold. It was hot up. Um, I guess it was hot up north, but we came to Jerusalem and it was cold and and dreary and people in shorts and we got off the bus and it was ew, it was cold and. But as you're um, as you're driving up to this overlook, which is the first time that you're about to see the Golden Dome, the city of Jerusalem, um, I had it arranged for this uh, this song. Have you ever heard of the song? Jerusalem, Jerusalem, bum, 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 sing for. Well, I'm telling you guys, it is moving, moving. You're going in and around, and all of a sudden, Jerusalem opens up, and there's the Golden Dome and the Temple Mound. And this singer is singing, sing for the night is old. It was just, it was, I mean, it's just moving to, to look at Jerusalem for the first time and, and know that, you know, you're, you're, you're right there. Um, um, of course, you go to the Mount of Olives. Um, the Garden of Gethsemane, you would love for those things to be these contemplative, uh, quiet little moments. That's impossible. There's traffic and there's scads of people and there's, you know, uh, you know, people, it just a lot, it's hard to enjoy them. But um, certainly this little place that's called the uh, Mount of Olives was the Mount of Olives. It's not the same olive trees, but they have olive trees growing in there, etc., you go into the city and you see um, the, 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 uh, the Church of the Resurrection, which is a place which uh, you, you've got to go to if you go to Jerusalem, but it's really a spooky place. Um, Karen Jordan, two years uh, the last time we went, ran out of there saying, I'm not going back in there, and I, and I understand. Uh, it was, it's a spooky place. It's a place that supposedly, on one end of it, Jesus was crucified, and on the other end of it, um, Jesus resurrected. Um, but um, I, I don't agree with that, although I'm probably uh, academically incorrect, but I'm going to tell you that about that in a minute. But um, inside the old city, um, there's this, just a lot of people and there's a lot of hawking, et cetera, et cetera. And, and while we're eating lunch one day, this happened. Um, yeah, there it is. Um, this is inside the old city, and uh, Sam Brummett, I think paid the guy uh, just to allow him to wear that headdress there, um, but now he is wanted in 47 uh, uh, Middle Eastern uh, countries. Um, but that was <laughs> that we laughed at him uh, until he cried, um, and and but but that was uh, that was one of the uh, that's inside the old city and you know right down those little we ate right in there. But the, as you turn around there, you just get in these crowds of people going in in and out of all these places. And then, <laughs> yeah, dream on. Um, the Wailing Wall. And by the way, they don't like it. The Jews don't want it to be called the Wailing Wall. They want it to be called the Western Wall. Um, but there's bar mitzvahs going on, uh, probably, I don't know, a dozen of them uh, going on it right when we were there. 
And it's so interesting to watch because these little 12-year-old boys are in these headdresses and they're carrying the, the word for the first time and, and the people around them are going crazy and um, there's food and it's, it's... And then, of course, the, the, the Western Wall, you stick your, your prayer request in the bricks and a lot of people are, you know, doing this, you know, all for hours and... Um, Oh, and then um, there is a spot in Jerusalem called the Southern Steps. Um, we have a picture of that, I think. Um, uh, those steps right there. Now, now, if you look at the back, if you'd go to the left and then turn back to the right, you'd be right around the Wailing Wall or the Western Wall. If you just go around there, that's the group. But that is a, that is a place where it is suggested that they can be definitive about Jesus going up through those steps onto the Temple Mount. You know, the Temple Mount now is run by the Muslims. So they have a, they have a mosque up there, and that Golden Dome, you can't get in anymore because they, don't, they won't let you in. But you can get up there to the Temple Mount, up there where it is, but that you, just, you just get to walk around is all you get to do. But down here, it is said that when Jesus visited Jerusalem, he walked up those, ste- those steps um, into the Temple Mount. Um, we, um, we sang right there. You see my wife right in the center? Oh, well, um, my wife was uh, insistent that when we sang that we had music. Golly. Um, anyway, I can't, I can't uh, tell you that story. We had music, and we sang, and it was much better than the last time we sang because we didn't have any music. Gang, there is a place uh, there real close to that spot um, called the Garden Tomb. Um, there are two competing locations, uh, the, the Church of the Resurrection and then the Garden Tomb. And those of you who have been to the Garden Tomb, I know Floyd Harvey agrees with me. Um, I, I'm telling you, this is where I believe that Jesus was uh, crucified and buried. There is a little tomb there um, with the rock in front of it that you roll over. I, you know, it is. And then we had communion there and in a little cave that I'm telling you, I did, I'd never seen it before. I've been there three times. I've never seen this little cave-like thing that we're, when we were in it where we had communion. It was, um, it was a wonderful spot and a great spot to, um, um, to have communion. We also i got to hurry, but we went to Bethlehem. Um, gang, um, I can't show you this because Jason said I can't get out of order. But um, if you know anything about the West Bank, if you've ever heard of that, you know, um, Israel did not even own Jerusalem until 1967. Uh, Jordan owned it. And then after that war, they settled and they established this thing called the West Bank. Well, the West Bank, um, there's three levels. There's there's territories where where Israel um, governs and is in charge of all security. There are places where... um, uh, Israel takes care of security but doesn't govern. And then there are places where the Palestinians take care of all the government and the security. Places like Hebron, Jericho, you can't even get into them anymore. But Bethlehem, our bus driver had some kind of connections with the, with the gate, with the uh, military guys at the gate. And I've never, this has never happened to me. We just drove right in. We didn't have to get off the bus and go through all this military check. We didn't do any of that this time. We just drove right in, and then um, it had been uh, our Jewish tour guide couldn't go back there. He couldn't go into Bethlehem. Um, so they had arranged a Palestinian guide who was a Christian, and they fed us a lunch that was just so delightful. And um, 
Bethlehem was the, the best experience I've had at Bethlehem because of the bus driver. He just knew the right people. We went and saw the place where the Dead Sea Scrolls were found. In fact, I think Brent um, uh, Wilkins uh, got himself in the cave where or at least one of the caves where the Dead Sea Scrolls were found and, and took a picture out, out of it. We were also at the Dead Sea. Jason, put this one up here. This one, oh, that's the, oh, that's the, that's the yeah. Um, I thought we couldn't do that. Um, uh, anyway, there's a, the Dead Sea is just a fun experience, guys, because you can't drown in it. There they are. There they are. You see, you see Martin Click in the middle? You see all that mud on him? Well, that's, that's famous mud. <laughs> what you do is you dig down in there and you get some of that stuff and you rub it all over and it's supposed to cure all of your ailments. Well, Martin took it seriously, didn't he? Um, well, anyway, the rest of us went out and, you know, uh, that dead seat, you, all you do is you stand up and you, and you, you, you lean back and, the, and it just lifts you up. You, uh, you don't want to put your face down, um, but you just, you just roll around and the, the minerals in the water keep you up. It's really cool. It, um, um, we went to Engedi, which is not, it wasn't, but we went to another place called An Karim, which I've never been. And I don't have time to tell you the story about John the Baptist there, but I win. Um, and then, guys, uh, there was a, um, th- that was, the, that was the, the wonderful middle, but there was a spectacular finish. Now, this, was, this is something that I've never done before or that I wanted to do. Uh, we added two days of the trip uh, onto the trip so that we could do it. I think everybody who went would agree that was well worth the two days. You drove, uh, can you get that map back up now? <clears throat> um, you go all the way at the top, and then you go all the way to the bottom. If you see that little point down there, you see that water, that's, that's the Red Sea. So we're right at that point. It's a city called Eilat. And, and, it, and Susie and I, we're standing on our balcony. Off to the left is Jordan. Off to the right is Egypt. You are right in the middle, and the Sinai Peninsula is that thing right there. You know, that's Egypt over there. So you go down to a lot, you, you go through all these checkpoints, and you get into Jordan, which is on the right-hand side. Um, <clears throat> you go to Jordan, it's about an hour and a half bus ride, and you come to this place, which is one of the seven wonders of the world, called Petra. Uh, Petra is where one of the Indiana Jones movies was, um, was filmed. Um, and I'm telling you, uh, guys, it's worth the price of admission. Um, I want to show you a um, 37 second video. It's just a, it's just a hundred and it's just a 360. I, I, I hope we've got it. It's 37 seconds. Susie. Here it is. That's where the movie was filmed. That's carved into a mountain. Uh, Brent's in there somewhere. There's a camel. There's the camel. There's Brent. You start at the top and you walk about three miles down into this place and you come to that. And I'm telling you, it's breathtaking. Um, uh, Ron and Julia Wickens walked all the way down three miles. I mean, it's hot as blue blazes. And walked all the way out. It was it was really a, an impressive um, display on their part. But Petra, um, we had supper on the Red Sea. Um, uh, um, long ride to the airport. That's when the bus. The report came that the bus blew up, etc. Um, okay, now 
I got three or four minutes to tell you one other story. That's, that's pretty much a summation of the trip. But the original plan was for all of us to spend the night Monday night and then fly out Tuesday. United Airlines changed all that for us. They, they changed, and, you know, basically they have you over a barrel. You either cancel your trip or you take what they give you. And so, they, so it meant that we had to move our exit up 12 hours. But so the group left at 11.10 on Monday night. Susie and I spent the night, and we were going to leave the next morning. Um, so when we got to the airport, um, that was la- it was Tuesday. Uh, yeah, a week ago. Um, and Passover was Friday. Um, so l- last Friday, so uh, five days ago, was Passover. So the airport is jammed with Orthodox Jews. Now, you know, in, in Israel, there's four kinds of uh, citizens. You've got the Jews, you've got, uh, you've, got the, uh, you've got the Jews, you've got the religious Jews, you've got the Orthodox and the ultra-Orthodox. I think both the Orthodox and the ultra-Orthodox, I think both of them, neither of them serve in the military, um, and the government gives them a stipend to live. Now, it might just be the ultra-Orthodox, but um, they're the ones with the long curls at their, you know, down their sides and the black hats and the black everything, et cetera. Anyway, we get to the airport, and, and I, it was jammed with them. And so we're going through these lines, you know, like this, just trying to get to the uh, whatever. And Susie makes the uh, observation. She says, um, boy, they sure do uh, uh, buy expensive wigs. And I said, wigs? She said, yeah, you didn't know that they wore wigs? And I said, no. And I said, why? And she said, because the law stipulates that you are to have a head covering. And so to get around that, that, that legal stipulation spiritually, they, they go out and buy expensive, very you know, becoming wigs. Then, as we get out of this big mess, we're going to another mess, and you notice that the, um, the women, their skirts are to their knees, but from their knee down, they have on thick hosiery. Um, I don't know what you call them, kneelets or something like that, but you see, they're supposed to wear long skirts, but to get around that piece of legislation... They wear these things that come up over their knees. They look like hosiery, but they're thick. So that they can wear um, skirts that are more fashionable and not so long. So to to avoid the law, they wear wigs. And they found a way to keep the law in their own eyes. And yet, um, basically get around the law. I want to read you this. This is out of um, just a couple, three verses. Um, and, and the Lord said to him, now you Pharisees cleanse the outside of the cup and of the dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You fools. Did not he who made the outside make the inside also? But give as alms those things that are within and behold, everything is clean for you. Do, do you get that, ladies and gentlemen? The great mistake of Israel is that they've misdefined that religion to be something outside when it's something inside. You see, conformity to a law. Uh, I'm supposed to have a head covering. Oh, okay, I'm supposed to cover my head. Oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go out and get myself a real expensive, real cute wig, and I'll look really good at the airport. But 
I found a way to get beyond, uh, around the law. And Jesus says to him, you hypocrites, you clean the outside of the cup, but you don't know that the issue is inside, not outside. There was an airport full of it, of religious folk observing the law, but getting around the law, thinking that an outside cleansing of the cup is all that was really necessary. When in fact, ladies and gentlemen, the issue is not your outsides. The issue is your insides. And Israel still doesn't get it. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is part of the sadness of, um, of a visit over there. You see, all of this religious zeal, a zeal that is not according to knowledge. Guys, it'll damn you. Um, just a zeal for religious observance will damn you. Cleansing the outside of the cup is not what's, de- what's demanded. What's demanded is a brand new heart. And only God the Holy Spirit will give you one of those. Let's quit. Our Father, um, I do want to thank you for your kindnesses shown to us. You kept us safe. Uh, you got us home safely in the midst of a turbulent world, a turbulent region of the world. And for that, we are extraordinarily grateful and consider it n- n- no small kindness. Thank you. Now, Father, for the experiences that some have been able to have, might, uh, might it be not just another um, interesting trip, might it be something that uh, stirs the soul in a way that uh, few other trips can. Lord, um, uh, I, I do pray that Grace Evan will be a place that emphasizes not the outsides, not the appearance, not the appearance of being holy, but the reality. A reality that goes to the heart, not to the outsides. It's not enough to cleanse the outside of the cup. That won't settle anything except our doom. Father, thank you for the new hearts that you've given to so many of us. If there are some who have not yet had the exchange of of their heart of stone for a heart of flesh, do that now. Do that now for Jesus' sake. We pray, of course, in his name. Amen. Guys, thanks for listening. Um, uh, I hope you'll be able to go one day, but I won't be with you.